0: can't go on. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Waterman. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 15th of October, 2012. For newcomers, as always, I get this out of the way very quick every every night. In fact, you can help me out by going into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Help yourself out too. There's over over a thousand audios for free download where I go through the histories of the big system that you take for granted, you're born into it, so you take it for granted, your parents did too. And I point out the big plan. You're living through a script, and the world is definitely directed, the future is directed by those who already own the past, who got together, of course, openly at least, long before, I'm sure, uh, the 20th century, but at the beginning of the 20th century they began to come out in public and uh, many front men that worked for them too, the eugenicists, etc, were all out and force, getting their, their their publications out there to get us all shaped into change, massive change of control by those that were the, the better types, the ones who were eugenically superior, who already owned, basically, the, the resources of the world in their day and their plan was to bring in a world government and guide us all through a mal- of countries together like the EU and NAFTA for the Americas into this big global society, which they again would rule. And at the end, they would use both war, the hard power and soft power, which is, of course, economics and the NGOs, the armies of them to change society. So we'd all buckle down under this new system post democratic. So help yourself to that. Remember two, you're the audience that bring me to you so you can help me get by by buying the books and discs at cutting through the media.com because I don't sell anything else and I don't get money from advertisers either. I could, certainly, but then I'd I'd have to start promoting it all the time, and then it's a business. So it's up to you if you want to keep it going. And remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office. You can send cash, or you can use PayPal across the world, Western Union and Monogram and PayPal once again. Straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome, remember, and necessary. But we are living through a script, as I say, and uh, uh, that, that the, the technique, of course, of the media, which is all owned by the guys who uh, already own the world, uh, who formed the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council and Foreign Relations, with branches running uh, every government across the world now, almost. The last few are getting bombed out of existence. And they bring in central banking systems. And the idea, according to their own historian, Carol Quigley, was to uh, bring these privately owned central banks using their big club of the money uh, to, to get us all to cow down into a new uh, austere way of living while well, they scammed all the cash off you. The extra cash that you should spend on yourself now will all go to essentials only. And that's what it's all about. It's all about that. Academia's all in their employ as well, by the way. And these mandates are, are through all of academia's programs, this new brave new world of theirs. So help yourself, as I say, and you'll start to learn that nothing happens by chance. The wars are planned many, many, many years before you even hear about them starting, even before they start the drums going of propaganda, and uh, and it's, it's incredible. Even during the Vietnam War, the CIA admitted they had many future wars already drawn up and planned out back then. So we're living through a script, as I say, and not just a script through takeovers of countries, but a script too to do with cultural changes, because the biggest war was on the culture of all the independent countries to bring in this new system. Once you degrade society through the cultures, those who are degraded or contaminated is the term they use. Once it's happened, you don't know you're contaminated. Everybody else is around you. You think it's all quite normal. You have no values left. Academia's been teaching moral relativity for about 40 years now. And so nothing's right or wrong unless the government tells you. And their court system decides for you what they say is right and wrong. But you yourselves can go along with any opinion whatsoever as though it didn't affect you. And most folk like that. They don't like making decisions. They our trends that the government will do all for you. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks, and back. We're cutting through the matrix, and I've talked over the years about eugenics. Uh in fact years and years ago and everyone's caught up in it since then. And it's quite good that other ones are mentioning it to the to the fool as well because it's a big, big part of the system in which you live. In the Western societies, of course, uh, there were different ideas about bringing down the world's population. One was economics, of course, because if you can't afford even to live, you, you won't have afford to have children. And then they promote abortion. That was one of the big ones, of course. They also promoted, according to Julian Huxley, they would promote uh, free love and actually they exacerbate it and be, until it becomes amplified, neurotic, if you, if you like. And the people would never mate for life, and they wouldn't have children. Many ways to stop you having children, you see. Economic, uh, massive promiscuity, and a society that doesn't even um, go for long-term uh, relationships anymore. It's actually pushed the other way. And you get all that through your entertainment and everything else as well, which is plummeting until there's hardly a depth they haven't covered yet. So you follow what you see, and you behave the way that you see the, the fictional characters on television behaving. And of course, what's essentially given you, they're implying uh, explicitly, actually, permission to go ahead with all of these things. That's why it's all over entertainment. It gives you personal permission to, to try all the same things yourselves. That's how people work. They wait for permission and culture's always promoted from the top down, not from the bottom up. And eugenics is a big, big part of it, you see. Across the other parts of the world, third world, they would do it rapidly, rapid depopulation, which they're still carrying on with. Most folk in the West as we find out from the United Nations every year, they come out with the statistics and tell you that the most, most guys at the age of 22, 24 in the West are pretty well sterile or they have dysfunctional sperm. That was all done by design inoculations and the food they eat as well. Because the big boys like Bertrand Russell and others talked about it back in the 30s and 40s, what they would do. And Charles Galton Darwin, it's all been done. But meanwhile, as I say, people carry on with the cultural decline. And when you do that, of course, people really uh, lose all moral values. They won't stand up for anything unless they're told to. And, uh, and unfortunately, that's how people really are. They stand up when they're told to stand up. They're authorized to. Again, they're given permission. So they understand human behavior perfectly well. But this article here goes on to eugenics. Remember, the guys at the top believe, and they've written lots of books about it, that they are the most highly evolved species on the planet. That's why they own most of the stuff. That's why they control nations and their economies, and etc. Cetera, et cetera, So here's an article here, and it says, uh, it's, 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 Impatient eugenicists tighten the screws on Yemen and it says German Development Bank and the United Nations Population Division accelerate depopulation policies in Yemen. Last week, the UN Population Fund, which is called UNFPA, and the German Development Bank uh, have committed to a program ensuring that their demand for population reduction in Yemen is being realized double-quick, granting €8 million Euros for this new program's budget. The director of the German bank, Bernd Schoenwald, uh, joined anne Bridget. bridget uh, Al- Albrecht Stein says here, visiting UN Assistant Secretary General and Global Deputy Executive Director for the UNFPA, the the, the Population Division. The new funds which are arriving uh, as support from the the German government will allow the UNFPA to assist the Yemeni government in implementing much-needed projects and make sure that every pregnancy is wanted and every childbirth is safe in Yemen. And that's your PR spin, rather than say abortion, right? And it says a superficial glance, this, this financial injection in these much-needed projects by the German fits well with Merkel's recent advocating of financial rescue programs for ailing EU members. Her stance has raised many eyebrows, and rightly so. However, when we take into account Germany's financial assistance to population policies in developing countries such as Yemen, not a voice is heard. The continuous cash flows from European bankers into depopulation programs in developing nations are all but new. It says the German Development Bank has long endeavored to bring down the Yemen population. In 2010, the bank put 4.5 million euros into a campaign to sell population reduction through TV ads and other dissemination outlets. And then the 2010 press release, and all these links are here by the way, don't put them up tonight at cuttingtruthmedics.com, by the, by the German Development Bank, its success in bringing down fertility in the nation is being boasted about. And it says, since 2005, KFW, um, Entwick Lungsbank has been cooperating closely with the Yemen Ministry of Public Health to initiate social campaigns on the topic of health and contraception and provide subsidized contraceptives admitting that these social campaigns are not centered on contraception or protection from HIV. The bank states that would be unthinkable for the public. Instead, says KFW, the bank, health expert Bettina Zoch, she says, we're focusing on the topic of health and the risks that too many births pose for mothers and children and a topic uh, that have, uh, uh, and that having too many children brings poverty. Stating that KFW has installed a national foundation in Yemen fully devoted to the field of health and contraception, Zoch admits to attracting national celebrities to bring the gospel of depopulation to the Yemeni people. Through the bank's in-country foundation, it has succeeded in attracting not only popular actors for the TV health spots, but also Mohammed Al-Shweter, a religious leader who encourages men and women in his sermon to practice contraception. And this is working in selected villages where the education campaigns were tested. The number of people using contraceptives doubled from 92 to 18% within a few years, Ock stated. In addition to public brainwashing campaigns, Zoch also stated that the German bank, through its national foundation, developed a contraceptive product line of its own under the brand name Protec. The Protec products are being sold by pharmacies and other private sales outlets and are very affordable, putting family planning within reach of many poor people for the first time. The success is reflected by very high sales figures. From 2007 up to early 2010, 5.5 million ProTech condoms, 1 million monthly cycles of oral contraceptives, and 340,000 units of three-month injectables were sold, and 85,000 IUDs were inserted in Yemen from the 2010 press release. So they're really pushing it there. But actually, remember, too, the whole point is not to help the people, it's, it's depopulation. And they want to, the whole of uh, Africa to come down drastically over the next few years, and that goes way back to the 1970s and uh, Henry Kissinger. When he talked about it back then. So, outside society, the big banks and so on, and the World Bank is heavily involved. All these private big banks run our lives uh, in depopulation agendas. They're already doing it, as I say, in the West, because we're the the, the the domestic populations are plummeting, and they've got to bring in massive immigration to deal with the future debt and pay off the debt, because no one's having children. Big, big, big plan, you see. Now, another thing, too, I've mentioned over many years is all, all the, the symbols that you see all around you that you don't take much notice of because uh, many of them are Masonic, of course, and um, they go back an awful long ways. You'll see that with the logos on the big corporations as well. And uh, we take it for all for granted, but there's many other ones as well. This one's interesting. It Russian activists slam the gay milk propaganda. It says a Russian anti-gay group has asked prosecutors to investigate milk cartons that claims promote homosexuality to children. The label of the Vesloi uh, Molochnik Milk, owned by the multinational dairy company Pepsi Company, is adorned with a jolly milkman and a rainbow in the sky. That's for the Rainbow Coalition. Everyone knows what that means, I think. Anatoly Artuk from the People's Council says the label is a violation of St. Petersburg anti-gay propaganda law. A rainbow appears in the cartons, a world-renowned symbol of the gay movement, he said. That immediately put me on alert. It's so amazing because I can remember years ago when various people were coming out from the West, uh, from Russia, Soviet Russia, uh, and I think it was um, uh, a couple of the presidents actually said said that the West would fall from within without falling, firing a shot because it becomes so decadent. What they meant was they knew there's a cultural war by their own people inside America through the entertainment industry, primarily, and academia, promoting all, a lot of stuff that they knew would eventually bring down society. Because culture is the most important thing. You lose your culture. It no doesn't matter who comes in with guns. You won't fight them, you see. It's finished. So it's interesting that Russia is noticing the same thing in their own country being used uh, and uh, they're they're banning it, basically. And um, it says here, too, it's that people are afraid, of course, the, the different spokespeople for the gay say they're afraid, uh, and so on and so on. It says, in fact, any promotion of gay equality has been targeted, including Madonna's appeal for gay rights at a recent concert in the city. And, of course, it's more than just gay rights. I mean, uh, these, these pussy rights we're having all the rest of it, that group, It wasn't just uh, uh, making a a noise in churches. They were spray painting inside the churches and smashing things as well. These are radical people who, if you'd like them in your home, you smash things up. You should get away with that too. These are political movements and they're world uh, movements. They're happening in the States and Latin America too, by the way. And um, they're all funded from the same big foundations, for those who don't know. So the big foundations are always behind the big cultural changes, of course, uh, that you have to accept. Another one here is to do with, uh, this Is ties in with it actually, Catholics are assaulted and spat upon and spray-painted as they defend cathedrals from feminist groups, just like Russia, you see. But you'll see these so-called feminists in a little video that they have up there, uh, literally doing all this stuff. And uh, and they get away with it because they are women uh, and no one attacks them back. It was guys doing to it? guys, would be a pitch battle, as you well know. But it says Posadas, Argentina, October 11th, the angry pro-abortion feminist mocked, spat on and spray painted Catholics who were standing guard in front of the Cathedral of the Diocese of Posadas in Argentina Saturday, an event that was caught in video by professional journalists and placed on YouTube and other media. I'll put that up tonight. But it goes on to say that according to reports by local media, the Bishop of Posadas Juan Martinez had closed the cathedral and cancelled liturgical services there in anticipation of the presence of the women who had gathered to the city to participate in the annual National Women's Day encounter, an event has become notorious for vandalism and attacks on Catholic churches. So you understand these are promoted worldwide and they're organised by a head uh, that has them working worldwide on the same things across the planet. So, many things happen this way, and, and unfortunately, understand, you understand, you can, if you educate the people, remember, education is indoctrination, doesn't matter what, what, what you're giving them, you're always giving them some kind of agenda. You can radical, radicalize and create any group and use them. Easy to do. Just tell them, you know, they've been suppressed and repressed, and they'll really follow you back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. with the Matrix and talking about the cultural attacks, of course, that have worked awfully well until they normalize everything that's new and you take it for granted and you don't realize that other bigger minds way above you planned it all and for other purposes too because they are their own agenda at the top. They use everyone and they create the factions that end up fighting each other. But here's an article here also. It says, I ran the gauntlet of pedophiles in the entertainment industry, it says a former child actor. There's only one in the States I've read before. This is one in Britain. It says, Jimmy Savile wasn't the only one at the BBC, it says investigative journalist and former child actor Ben Fellows. Jimmy Savile may be the villain in the moment con- concerning revelations about child sexual abuse at the BBC, but truth is there are pedophiles pit- everywhere in the entertainment industry. Many of them are in positions of power and influence within their respective organisations, including adult stars, directors, producers and executives. Then he give you an account of uh, this, this, this guy's uh, personal experiences. This was as a child and he works in, in different theatre companies. Big top ones are all Shakespeare Company as a child actor. And who says at the age of ten years old, I was asked by my drama teacher to go on audition at the Royal Shakespeare Company. They were looking for a mixed race boy to play alongside Hugh Quarchey, who was playing Banquo in Adrian Noble's production of Macbeth, starring Jonathan Price and Sinead Cusack. Having got an audition, to told me my parents was lucky enough to get the part off uh, Fleance. However, after the high of getting offered a part in a production my chaperones, looked after me like Secret Service agents, and he says he's not kidding told me that there were certain actors I was not allowed to, to be alone with. As a child at the, the Ross Shakespeare Company, I was just having a blast and didn't realise that sexual predators were a part of my production. However, there were certain actors who were famous and who I was warned about, and I know who they are, because if you've watched this over the years, you, you, it's rather blatant who they are. I was told you know, in no uncertain terms never to go into certain actors' dressing rooms On one occasion I actually did go into an actor's dressing room He closed the door behind me He was offered alcohol Before I knew it the dressing room door burst open And my chaperone invited me to go back to my own dressing room Then he goes in and gives you many other uh, examples He says However once I entered the entertainment industry proper Television etc I was not so lucky and ran the gauntlet of paedophiles Both at the BBC and other television production companies And also in theatres as well as on commercial photo shoots in fact, almost every production I was involved with, I was targeted in some way or another. Looking back, it would not be an exaggeration to say that the problem is both institutional and systemic in the entertainment industry, and it certainly is. It certainly is. The casting couch may seem like a funny, perhaps even mythical, old Hollywood style, which is still due today. If you want to get a part, you go on the casting couch and they have their way. That's what happens. This is a pre-teen as a, and a young uh, teenager. I attended many auditions as a child where I was asked to take my top off and pose for photographs and I was propositioned by male and female casting directors all the time. And he goes on to tell you about your story, he says. He said after one addition for a Coca-Cola commercial and the same guys like the Pepsi's and so on to their uh, <laughs> funding certain things in Russia, the police came to my parents' home. They advised my mother that I had inadvertently become a potential target of a known pedophile ring. Turned out that the well-known casting director had taken pictures of me topless and these pictures then appeared in what was described as a catalogue and was passed to other paedophiles within the country and to external paedophiles. These were professionals within the industry operating under the cover of an entire production company working with blue chip clients. On another more frightening occasion I was chased around the dressing room by a naked actor who'd invited me to the dressing room at the uh, Theatre Royal in Drury Lane, and this actor was extremely famous. I was advised by the director of the musical that I was not to complain or tell anybody of this incident. I was 13 years old, so I didn't. It was not uncommon, and on multiple occasions I was propositioned and called into fake castings. One fake casting of note was with one of the world's most successful theatre producers, West End Broadway, where I was systematically harassed over a 12-month period whilst having a leading role in the musical, dangled like the proverbial carrot in front of my face. In other words, how, how badly did you want this, this, this job? The BBC experiences. The BBC had did many series and episodes of television programmes. As a young actor on EastEnders, I was propositioned by another adult actor, but this time I'd become quite uh, a plucky kid, so I didn't tolerate it. But it wasn't the last time, and I was hounded by that actor for the duration of my tenure on the show. When I was on tour with a well-known musical, most of the actors stayed in the same hotel. One night I was taken up by a male adult actor. I was brought alcohol, and the actor took me back to my room and attempted to rape me. If it wasn't for my friend, drunkenly bursting into my room, I believe that I might well have been raped. Mind you, I was only 14 years old. And he goes on about um, other things that happened to him. When I was 15, he was introduced to politicians via working from uh 1990 to 1994 on an investigative TV show a TV show called the Cook Report which became a nightmare to explain the Cook Report was an investigative journalism program run out of Central Television in Birmingham When I joined the team, I was a confident child actor, had a powerful agent and was working on a regular basis across the entertainment industry. The Cook Report needed a child, specifically one who was mixed race to place in front of the prominent politicians to lure them into a sting operation, a dangerous honey trap if ever there was one. Firstly, it was illegal for the Cook Report to exploit me in this way. I was a child, yet if I was 18 but looked 15 and I fully understand what I was getting into, then fair enough. But I was only 15 at the time, so not being able to say no to a job, I joined the team and began my role in the sting. During the show's Cash for Questions investigation, the first politician who I met was the DTI chairman, Sir Michael Grills, who invited me to tea in the House of Commons tea room, and I spent the meeting attempting to make... He spent the meeting attempting to make uh, untoward body contact with me under the table. And he goes on after one after the other folks because that's what's in your lives if you haven't figured it out. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, reading an article about the entertainment industry. See, if you want to destroy a culture, these are the ones that you set up in the business. Do you understand the simplicity of it? And that's why your culture goes down the tubes. It becomes more gross and more gross and more gross. And then you behave that way because you follow what you see, especially if you're brought up with it. and Your parents have also been degraded in their generation, step by step by step. That was the process, you see. This is a war. You've got a war going on and you don't even know it. You are the result of a war. And what you think and what you may even like. And your own behavior. But this this fellow goes on to talk about what happened to me. He says It wasn't just the celebrities who were at it. A BBC producer, after filming one day on a television program, took me to a party, introduced me to the BBC staff, etc. He met a guardian newspaper journalist who tried to come on to me. He says, "I'm straight and as a child, I even, uh, thought, even though I probably thought I was cool, I was most certainly naive to the ways of adult behavior in the industry. The producers took me back to their house in Ealing, suburb of London, frequently by BBC staff. I was drunk and a female BBC staff member tried to sleep with me. On that occasion, I was given cocaine by famous personalities and grew uh, and crew with the full knowledge of the executive producers producers and act directors. They even had the Coke delivered via a BBC courier uh, from their, their own vans. that The, the taxpayers all pay in first. Remember, the government owns BBC and they also charge licenses to watch the rubbish. Uh, it to the party we were having in a BBC rehearsal room in Acton, It says, um, when I was between the ages of 10 and the the age of consent on every television program and theater job I did, I was either sexually harassed, into drinking too much, felt up in some way, or simply followed by home by crazy male fans. I've had actors expose themselves to me, and I mean really famous actors, including world-famous movie stars, many who are touted by the sycophantic celebrity worshipping media as role models. And that's a fact, folks. These are the ones that you're given as role models, and you're taught to worship them as young children. (laughs) That's been going on for since the 60s. So you can see how recent revelations of Jimmy Savile are of little surprise for me. It's it's a sickness that infects the whole of show business. And even when I was in the business, I'd warn young bands who not to go to in Scotland and in England because they were well-known, these guys, who could make the business for them for a certain kind of fee, you might say, or exchange. The entertainment industry can be a rough ride for a child and in an industry that seems to have little or no integral, uh, internal governance regarding the regulation of sexual predators within its borders. I've been attacked on a few occasions and saved by sheer luck, ended up at serious sex parties with male and female prostitutes. Bucket loads of drugs, alcohol, and all with some of the world's most famous industry professionals. I don't know about now, but when I was growing up in the industry, it was rampant and everywhere, and everyone knew about it. It is the industry's big, dirty secrets. Then he goes on, and he just hopes that people will take this, this stuff, and, and watch their own children, you know, I mean. But as I say, generation by generation, contamination works that way. Besmanov went through it, and it's all here, folks. It's all, all here. It's all connected. Another article to we'll put up tonight is from a French newspaper. It's about on the risk of insurrection in a pan-European society because the governments over there are having big meetings in France and the rest of them with the military uh, to prepare for mass insurrection taking place due to their forced austerity uh, plans and persistent poverty and the war troubles with Spain and Greece. Uh, Italy and uh, Portugal's next, I think, as they force this down their throats so the big corporations can take every penny from you. That's what it's for. All you're spending money, remember, in this new system is to go for bare essentials, which would be awfully, awfully expensive. So the big boys are losing nothing. They're gaining a lot by giving you less. Understand? That's what it's all about. This is planned a long time ago. In the post-industrial and post-consumerist societies, look up all the different articles at the Council on Foreign Relations over the years on this very topic and the United Nations, planned way back and even published in the 70s about this coming system, and even before the 70s. So I'll put this article up for those who want to read it. And also, this is US election. America's shrinking attention span limits the race to latest bite-sized soundbites. Everything you see on television is produced. I hope you understand that. Every little thing. Nothing is by chance. And they work out the time limits for you to listen to your bits and bytes of politicians prattling on. And it's all worked out with both both sides, both parties, and so on. It says, this is says that the Associated Press and, and Mother Jones video. It says, the remark privately made by Republican President candidate Mitt Romney that 47% of Americans don't pay taxes, and they will hurt him in the immediate wake of his becoming known. But the public has already forgotten it, says an analyst, and impressions coming out of the next two presidential debates will have far more influence on voting day. It says... Um, Uh, For 18 months, it's gone on and on and on. Now the battle for the White House is shrinking to a pinhead. Just 180 minutes is all. That's all you need. Such are the spiralling stakes of the two final presidential debates. 90 minutes on Tuesday in Hempstead, New York, where CNN's Candy Crowley will oversee a town hall-style showdown and another 90 minutes next Monday in Boca Raton, Florida, with CBS's Bob Schaefer drilling Barack Obama and Mitt Romney on world affairs. Eighteen months versus one hundred and eighteen minutes. The difference The difference rings hollow, if not absurd. What really is the point of so epic a campaign when the tipping point itself lasts no longer than an average college examination? And what does it say about American, America's political attention span? Not anything good, according to the media analyst Jack Lessonberry, who tracks election coverage at Michigan's Wayne State University School of Journalism. Lessonbury likens the shrinking uh, retentiveness of the average American voter to that of a six-week-old puppy, and the debates now more than ever are the puppy chow, drama-coated kernels of confrontation in place of the far less palatable complexities of policy wonkdom. It's a perfect fit for the emerging digital media scape, which lives or dies by its ability to shape the story into bite, bite-sized format. Not so perfect, says Lessonbury, for voters who should be basing their decisions on more than a single night's worth of news. And and isn't that the truth, though? Since people talk about a media conspiracy, but what's really happening in this election is an accidental conspiracy. The media want this to be a three-act play, he told the Star, because alternatives is a race where nothing changes and would be tremendously boring for cable news. Well, the media isn't a conspiracy. They don't want the people to get bored. So they want bite-sized parts of information for you. And that's what the public now have been trained to accept. That's why you get scattergun. gun, It's like a shotgun. Uh, news. You're overloaded with data in no time at all, about 500 little things that you can do nothing about and your mind shuts down. You can't concentrate on anything and you don't even think about checking up on any one of the topics for yourselves. You expect the media to do your reasoning for you. That's what Brzezinski said, remember, in his own book. You expect them to do your reasoning for you. That's why you're so easily managed. Also in England, this is a banking protest mural complaining about the, the banking system of Europe running the whole, uh, the whole of Europe now and, and, you know, getting every country in the hole by borrowing money from these same bankers to throw at the black hole in Greece and elsewhere and um, putting all the countries into debt. This is all that, the, this is the new system, you see. The bankers are to be in control. Professor Carl Quigley talked about that. And so anyway, they had a, a mural painted in, a, in a, a town housing block and it's been ordered to be removed from the East End. And I'll put that up tonight too. It says, eight ways China is changing your world. It's a good article. And what's interesting to me is, is all this is happening across the world and they're, they're now CFR. Council of Foreign Relations is now touting all the chaos in Africa, and obviously they can't spare the troops here because the US troops are designated to take out uh, other countries in, Af- in, 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 uh, in the Middle East first, and and then move on to the Far East uh, for other Muslim countries. Then someone else will have to t- take over what's happening in Africa. Remember too, as far back as, as Arnold Toynbee and others. Uh, In the 30s, they talked about the U.S. being the policeman of the world, taken over from Britain uh, after World War One, and definitely after World War Two more so, and how eventually the U.S. would have various wars, and then it'd be sunk up his eyes in debt, and would collapse within, and China was to take over. That's the plan that China's to take over. So this article is helping gear you up i think to to the fact that china will be taking over also the eu and the council of foreign nation are demanding that that china takes more of a a responsible role in policing the world along with nato etc so it's all getting shaped up the way it was planned an awful long time ago for those that think it's all just transpiring by chance and I'll also put up, oh, this is an article, uh, that a Nobel Prize. Alvin Roth and Lloyd Shapley, or Shapley win economics awards. But what's interesting is the way that they describe their work to do with um, a new form of economics based on things which you can't put a price tag on. It's rather interesting. And they even use game theory on society uh, to do, really, uh, will, you, will you be... Uh, altruistic enough to donate your organs so that these guys can grab it and sell it for their pals I mean, stuff like that there's always a con involved, you understand especially when it comes from big universities by big people but yeah, they're trying to get a, a, a society to accept things where profit is not the motive so you give it for free and they make a lot of cash off it you know what I'm saying? it's quite simple con and you get prizes for that now you get using game theory on the public's altruistic behaviour <laughs> we think we, have, we run our own lives what a joke eh? isn't that amazing it's amusing generals for hire scandal former top brass film discussing how to set up huge arms deals with the Ministry of Defence that's what they do now you see they, they, they jump same with the top policemen they jump to private corporations often too they have a pin, they, they actually get bills through parliament uh, so so that they can get these private companies involved in private public Partnerships, and then they jump ship and get a bigger paycheck after it's signed and sealed and they become the top guys with a lot more pay. Everybody's corrupt now, you see. And it says, um, so it says uh, several generals are caught in newspaper sting. Retired top brass generals boasted of ability to multi-million uh, pound arms deals. Defence Secretary Philip Hammond said scandal was deeply damaging, but he insisted retired personnel wielded no influence over procurement. <laughs> So it says, um, uh, they could be barred from meeting ministers, these, these military officials and officials after a group were caught boasting they could use old Whitehall contracts to secure deals for arms companies. Defense Secretary Philip Havens said the top brass for a hire scandal was deeply damaging to the individuals and their reputations. They, they don't care about their bank accounts. The reputation goes up, up, goes up with it, soars with your bank account. So there are many reasons why it's sensible for the Minister of Defense to maintain contact with retired officers, he says. But if they're abusing that access for commercial purposes, then we'll have to tighten it up. Well, they've been doing this for years. Years. Top cops do it too. They jump over to big private companies and start hacking folks' telephone lines and stuff for the paper, for newspaper articles, things like that. Quite fascinating. And then you've got the same thing with politicians who've been at this forever, you know. And uh, this article here talks about that. It says a senior civil servant who was in charge of the government's welfare to work schemes has resigned to join one of the companies he was overseeing. See, these guys vote to pass public-private partnerships. Once it's passed, they jump ship and and they've got big salaries working for the private guys who are in it for profits, you see. Alan Kay was a director of the Department of Work and Pensions overseeing the work program. He's quitting to join CERCO, the main contractors on the work programme in Yorkshire and the West Midlands. The move has been attacked by senior Labour members of Parliament, but the DWP said civil service rules have been followed. And says, oh, so was about time to change, I mean, eh? But they won't do that because they more want to do it in the future. Paul Flynn, a member of Commons Public Administration Committee, described Mr Cave's resignation as an egregious uh, example of the revolving door between government and industry, which has always been there. I can remember the, the, the five politicians that voted and, put, and drew up the bill to privatise the water supply for Britain. And as soon as it was passed, they all jumped ship and, into the company that they'd set up. <laughs> they'd run it all now. You understand, we're run by corruption, folks. But then again, too, they don't call it corruption at to the top, they call it, you know, um, it's more, it's, it's cost beneficial to the public. It's to jack up all the prices and fatten their wallets. Psychopaths can easily justify anything they do, you understand? And that's how it's been for a long time, and it will continue to be. Same in the state, same in Canada, same elsewhere, that's what happens. And this article 2, uh, the US ambassador, this is from the, 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 the Hills uh, newspaper, US ambassador, internet fee proposal is gaining momentum. U.S. Ambassador Terry Kramer warned on Friday that a proposal to give a United Nations agency more control over the Internet is gaining momentum in other countries. Proposals to expand the United Nations International Telecommunications Union Authority over the Internet could come up at a treaty conference in Dubai in December. European telecommunications companies are pushing a plan that would create new new rules that would allow them to charge more to carry uh, international traffic proposed by the European Telecommunications Network Operators Association, could force websites like Google, Facebook, Netflix to pay fees to network operators around the world while gets passed on to you folks. I see the whole idea is to get you licensed to be on the internet. I hope you realize that where it's all supposed to go. <laughs> Kramer said the idea for an international internet fee is getting more interest in the African states and also in the Arab states. Said the U.S. delegation to the conference will have to redouble its efforts to convince other countries that the proposals would only stifle innovation and economic growth. Well, they have to see that back home, so that you don't uh, get the get the wind up. And also this one too, to do with the chronology of global warming, because it's a big social agenda. You remember that's where the whole plan came up at the Club of Rome. They said that global warming, droughts, famine, plague, and all that would fit the bill, because they were asked to get some reason to unite the world fast. And that's what they came up with. That's what they said. That would fit the bill. So they conned us ever since. General meteorologist on temperature models, it says, so far they're, all, they're wrong for all atmospheric layers and it gives you all the data to do with that for those that care, you know. And also, this article it says, is this what global cooling looks like? And there's a couple of articles. One is from the the mainstream newspaper in Britain, one of them, and the the Associated Press as well. And it says, early in the summer, a heat wave in the U.S. caused hysteria to break out amongst climate alarmists and their media enablers. Good term. The Associated Press headlined, this U.S. summer is what global warming looks like. Kevin Trenberth. Uh, Head of Climate Analysis at the National Center for Atmospheric Research in fine Chard, Colorado, said these are the very record-breaking conditions he said would happen, but many people wouldn't listen to him. So it's I told you time, he said. What we're really seeing is a window into what global warming really looks like, said Princeton University Geosciences and International Affairs Professor Michael Oppenheimer. I'll go on with this one afterwards because, you see, the Met Office quietly released the fact that we're in the cooling phase. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the Matrix and talking about the, the reality of the weather. As I say, the Met Office in, in England did quietly put out their latest report and said the world, the world has, hasn't, has been cooling for the last 16 years. You know, the guys who were putting out all the fake uh, uh, statistics and so on were caught at it with WikiLeaks, etc. The same Met Office, uh, who are living high on the hog from lots of incredible big grants, I had to go and admit that and it's quietly put out of course but at least one of the mainstream newspapers picked it up, I'll put it up tonight and this this other article too uh, from an, another site too to do with the very thing, to show you the real temperatures and the records have been set already in October for global cooling <laughs> I've had about a foot and a half of rain here over the weekend and I'm not kidding about that, the road's flooded out here as I want to jack up your property taxes you can't get in but that's Agenda 21 at work too and this article, too, is to do with swift justice pilot schemes, virtual courts for Britain. And it says here that to substantially increase the number of flexible criminal justice pilot schemes across England and Wales is to be announced by the government. The measures include the extended hours of magistrates' courts and maximising the use of video links. The pilot schemes will launch in 48 areas in the coming weeks, each testing one or more of the flexible measures. It follows the response, of course, to the aftermath, this is the excuse they're using, of the August 2011 riots, even though they had articles out about long before the riots ever happened. But they must think that's the reason for it, you see. Courts across England open for longer, some thought, through the night, to deal with the large volume of people going through the criminal justice system. And policing minister Damien Green will announce the new schemes during a visit to Cardiff Magistrates' Court, where they will watch a video link being used. As part of the government's reform white paper entitled Swift and Sure Justice, published in July, so it's all done virtually online, basically. And I guess it will give you virtual sentences. Maybe you'll pay it off in the virtual world. I mean, who knows, eh? Somehow, I think it'll be done in, in real hard cash, though, uh, but not virtual stuff. They must modernise criminal justice services, speed up court cases, and improve transparency for a better public understanding of how the system works. <laughs> And engage local communities in dealing with low-level offending. You, you really have to go through some of these articles and, and look through some of these judges with their long wigs on and their long flowing gowns and stuff. And I was talking with the entertainment industry earlier and the problems they've got. But it's just the same with the judges. Uh, and believe you me, there's a lot of stories coming out in the papers But these characters as well, because they've been <laughs> they're kind of a weird bunch themselves, and it's all very hush hush and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that's the world we live in, you know, is degenerate. And the folk who get to the top, unfortunately, have been picked because of the degeneracy, because it's a cultural war. The main war is always cultural, you understand. Even if you run a battle physically, then you have to police them with your own troops. and that and There's going to always be resentment, and, and people will be potting you off over the years, just picking you off by little groups. That's what you have across the Middle East now. So it's better to destroy the culture, then no one stands up for anything. That's the best form of warfare. And they talked about it in the late 1800s, early 1900s, the boys who own and, and guide this present system. You understand that? I hope you do. And they convince you and teach you and even train you and indoctrinate you from school that, that one day it be good. To just hit retirement age and take an euthanasia pill, then you won't be a burden on society, and they can use all your pension money for, you know, spreading wealth across the world to, to the third world countries where they set up their big international corporations. That's the real world, folks. From Hamish Mosella from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods, go with you.